Ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Petito. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. And in time, this too shall pass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Jerry Petito taught the class. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Loves the answer, the greener grass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. One day at a time, free at last. When you don't know just what to do. Just what to do, just what to do. If what you're feeling is really true. It's really true. Really true. Just keep your ideas safe and sound. Safe and sound, safe and sound. That's exactly how change is found. Change is found, change is found. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. And in time, this too shall pass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Jerry Petito taught the class. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Loves the answer, the greener grass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. One day at a time, free at last. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jerry Petito Show on Remember Then Radio. Everyone and anyone who knows me knows I am the author of I'm Not an Addict, I'm Just an Ass. I'd rather be a smartass than a dumbass, guys, because 30 years ago, I was a dumbass. But through the grace of God, 30 years later, I can honestly say now I'm a smartass. Guys, everybody's had a really tough year and a half, and for some of us, it's been worse. I just want to let everyone out there know that there's always someone you can talk to. I am a nutritional health coach. I'm a recovery coach. All my services to any of you are free. Please reach out. No, you are not alone. You can find my book on Simon Schuster's website, Archway Publishing's website. Please, please, please know you're not alone, okay? I am always here. Reach out to me, please. Having said that, I have an incredible, incredible show for you today. You know, I'm going to do something I don't usually do. I'm going to introduce, first of all, a mutual friend of both me and my incredible guests. I'm going to introduce him first, and there's a reason why, and then I'm going to have him introduce our star guest. So, Charles Wallet, say hello to everyone. Hello, everybody out there on the Jersey Jules Show. <laughs> Special thanks to my friend Stephen Bob for Remember Then Network. And it's so good to be back, and it is an honor for me to introduce not only one of my dear friends for many years, but a person I've idolized since a young man. Okay, so I'm like on cloud nine right now and jumping out of my seat. Do the honors. Do the honors. Well, first, let me just say this. There's a lot of people all over the world called historians of music, rock and roll, this and that. This is not a historian. This is the history of rock and roll music. Ladies and gentlemen, the incomparable Mr. Joey D. Yay! Hi, Joey D. Hey, hi, Jerry. Hi, Charles. It's a pleasure to be on your show. I'm a Jersey boy. I'm from Passaic, New Jersey. Went through high school, went to William Patterson Teachers College. So uh, I got a lot of roots in Jersey. And, and I live in Florida now, but anytime anyone says, where are you from? I'm a Jersey boy. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. So let me give a shout out to everyone first. And then we're going to start this incredible interview. I'm jumping out of my seat. Okay, boys. So, of course, first and foremost, to Angel and Stevie, the owners of RTR, I want to say thank you to them for this incredible platform, especially for today. Okay, I mean, without them, we wouldn't be doing this. So thank you, thank you. And everybody, keep Stevie in prayers. He's not feeling well, so I just want to put that out there as well. I want to say 
thank you to Babalu who's in chat room because he's my front and center guy and he's my sound guy. And thank you for today, Babalu. I really needed you, especially today. We've got a lot of people in chat. Um, we'll give a shout out to Kojak, Kenny Kojak. He's also a DJ on RTR. Stevie Dunham, Street Corner Entertainment. He's a DJ on RTR and he does a lot more with the music industry. Um, we've got Peppy in the chat room, Mikey, the Baron of Bayside. We've got Jimmy, who Double J, who does so much advertising for all of us. We love you, man. Hello to Pete. Hello to Dom and PA Girlie. And we've got people all over the world listening to this interview right now. Joey D, you don't need my help to be famous. You've been shared um, with all my ads to Australia, to New Zealand, to um, Hong Kong, to Italy now, to Ireland, to the UK, and I now have incredible connections in Africa. You've been shared to Nigeria. So I want to thank you for making me more famous today. So having said that, Charles, I want to start with you. And there's a reason why, because, you know, first of all, Joey D's the godfather of the twist. And I think everyone Jerry breaking knows up. Okay. Can you hear me now? Guys, yeah. we're having a little problem in my Not area. Yeah, they're working outside. I can hear them. So I'm having a little problem today. But um, Joey D is the godfather of the twist. And Charles is an old friend of his who I've also gotten an interview. And Charles is best known as the singer's producer. So Charles, take the floor for a while and start the show. Well, first of all, let me tell you something. Joey is an icon when we were growing up. In, in the last year of school, before even high school, when the Peppermint Twist came out and all the publicity about, you know, the Peppermint Lounge, and that was really the first celebrity place we remember. Forget Studio 54 or anything like that. This was a real high end when Cafe Society was at a high end. I remember Killer Joe Pirro went on The Tonight Show to teach the twist. And uh, my favorite song by Joey... Uh, and a lot of my friends, because, you know, we were starting to get into girls, was what kind of love is this? And then I got very fortunate to meet Joey later on. And, you know, I knew Joey's history. I mean, the great musicians. I'll let him tell you about that. But Hendrix and the Rascals working for him. And, and when Ronnie Lamar, who is your dear friend that we interviewed, and while yes. I was managing Ronnie going on the road before the record deal, when you needed musicians, you called Joey D. And he'd have you covered. I don't care if you needed a kazoo player to come in, you called Joey D. And then we really became friendly uh, when we hung out almost every night when he was at the Seven Seas Lounge in, in North Miami Beach at the Newport Hotel. And I was down there. I eventually had a condo down there, and I would come in with Joe Namath, and I'll let him tell you about that. But throughout the years, and Joey, I thought about this last night, and I want to share this with everyone. Joey and I have managed to reconnect. We lose connection, we reconnect, we reconnect. And every time I've reconnected with Joey, something great happens in my life. So I want to thank my Gemini brother for that, because I know good energy is coming. And his book is coming to me today. I ordered it from Amazon. Please do so. This is so much history. And ironically, when our friend Steve and Barb Angel started the show, they asked me for some people to interview and I gave them Cuba Gooding Sr., God rest his soul, George Benson, Benny Marsala, 
uh, the local great who we had a number one record with. And I said, Joey D. And they said they contacted Joey and he wasn't doing interviews. But see how it works out. Here we are. So I would like to share anything he can. I mean, I'm curious about some things. Uh, I'm out here in East Hampton part of the time. And I haven't run into my friend, Mr. McCartney yet, but I, I want to share that because I want to know his take on when he opened for Joey Dean, the Starlighters in Sweden. So maybe Joey can tell us about that. Wait one second, Joey. I don't mean to interrupt. Real quick, Charles, let everyone know who you are because a lot of people are going to be saying, hmm, who is this guy? Well, um, I happen to be a producer, composer, I've been very blessed to work with the great O.C. Smith, Dion Warwick, Chuck Jackson, uh, George Benson, and um, Benny Marcel in the area, Ronnie Lamar, and uh, just, you know, music is my life, and we're working on my my story. It's called Charles Wallet, Music and Memoir, uh, A Spiritual Adventure with the Dance of Life, and it's very colorful. I was an owner in Bachelor Street, my dear friend Joe Namath, till this day, and you know, I'm just a guy from Brooklyn who loves music, who was brought up in a great family and uh, loves people. And I love to share good things with people and, and, you know, like attracts like. So here the three of us are together doing this. And we hope everyone all over the world that hears this can feel the joy we experience. Sure, we had hard times. We've all had it, but that's all relative. But here we are now. And let's share some of the good times and the fact that we bounce back. And look at Joey D still here, and he still can dance, okay? So. Okay, well, Angel. <laughs> but I can't jump as high as that. Wait a minute. Joey D, <laughs> Joey D, the doo-wop angel, Angel and Stevie, the owners, they're listening, and, and Angel's in chat typing, and she said, and you can still dance on stage, baby, okay? So she loves you, and she says hello to both of you guys. That's so sweet. Tell her we said hi as well, or uh, hello as well directly. There you go. You're saying it. Tell you about the book, The Peppermint Twist Chronicles. Yes. It's self-published. It's on Amazon. Go to joeyd.com and just click on it. And I want to tell you some of the people that have endorsed the book, that have read the book. Sir Barry Gibb from the Bee Gees, Frankie Valley, Aaron Neville, Ronnie Spector. I, I discovered that group at the Peppermint Lounge at the Ronettes. Uh, Frankie Avalon, Bobby Rydell. Jay Siegel from the Tokens. I mean, it's on uh, Shirelles. They got me my first record contract. They went to high school with me in Psych, New Jersey. Julian Lennon, John's son. I mean, I, I'm, I'm so overwhelmed by the people that, that have endorsed this book and, and say what a great icon, icon I am. They're the icons. They're the people that I celebrated and I admired. So uh, it's, it's a wonderful, you know, get back or kick back to me. Uh, after all our relationships over the years. And some of the stories in the book are just astounding. When we talk about Jimi Hendrix in 1965, was my guitar player. He not only was my guitar player, we had parties. There's a, there's a chapter in the book that says, having sex with Jimi Hendrix. I'll <laughs> leave it at that, okay? And then, then there's uh, swimming with the sharks, because I was with Roulette Records, Morris Levy, was part of the mob. The Genovese family owned Roulette. They owned the Birdland. They owned so many other things. And they owned uh, 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 lots of nightclubs in the city. But uh, uh, I made it. I, I swam with the sharks. And I'm still here. But uh, I knew it was right and wrong. I was a Jersey boy. So I knew a lot of the soprano kind of guys. 
and uh, and I had an uncle that was uh, connected a little bit. His last name ended in a vowel, so uh, I was okay. So Morris treated me pretty decently compared to what he did with uh, the other acts like Tommy James and Lou Christie that were also on on roulette. But uh, the stories are incredible. I mean, who can tell you a story about having a double date with Lenny Bruce besides me? I mean, it's just oh. amazing the, the things I've done. In 1963, I'm in Stockholm, Sweden, doing 10 countries. I get to Stockholm, go to the, uh, do the sound check, and I see these group of guys with, uh, like, uh, Buster Brown haircuts, and uh, I said, well, well I, I heard of these guys, and it, it signs is in huge letters, Joey D and the Starlighters, and in smaller letters, the Beatles. I'm seeing the Beatles, okay. Well, let's see what they got. They went on stage, and they preceded me. First, I heard them at Soundcheck, and they were fantastic. <laughs> I, I knew they were special. But they only did Please Please Me as their only original. Otherwise, they were doing the Isley Brothers, Fats Domino, Little Richard, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, they got on stage and tore the house down. So I had to come with my A-game, which I always do. And that night, I, I said to them, listen, uh, I admire you guys so much. How about coming over to the hotel and let's have a party? And we had a hell of a party. So that night, George comes up to me and he says, you know, we're coming to the States in a couple of months. What do you think? I said, well, if you don't have more material, then please, please me. That's probably going to be it. But I don't know about uh, you doing the songs that we got the people here, the originals that are doing. It. He said, not a problem. He said, but you know what we're going to do because you were so gracious to us? We're going to come to the Peppermint Lounge when we come to the States. And I'm a Jersey guy. You know what I said, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm skeptical and cynical. And, but I love that about me. You know, that's how I grew up. And that's cool. And guess what? A couple of months later, this is October 1963. A couple of months later, all four of them came to the Peppermint Lounge. So, you know, I mean, who the hell had a better career than I did? Nobody I can think of met more famous people. Uh, people that came into the Peppermint Lounge, besides people that I put together, I put together the group, The Young Rascals. The Ronettes, I discovered, in the Peppermint Lounge. They got up and sang with me. I took them on the road with me. Now, seven people that were ex-Starlighters are members of Rock and Roll's Hall of Fame. And Hendrix, of course, he's a member of England's Hall of Fame as well. I have one guy, one in the, I had three guitar players, two in the Hall of Fame, one won an Academy Award. Joe Pesci won an Academy Award, and he was my guitar player, all right? And I used to go hang out with him. We had Battle of the Bands. He was in the opposite band in Jersey. I always won, so he got so upset uh, coming in second to me all the time. He quit his band and joined my band. Wow. And this is just one of the stories, but there's so many great stories about Hendrix, about the Beatles, about the mob, and, and it, it's just... I, if somebody told me this story, I wouldn't believe it. So wait, Joey but D. You know what? Wait, Joey D. Real quick, uh, um, someone's asking a question, and I think it'll be a great time to answer it with everything you just said. Was there anyone in particular? It's going to be very hard to answer, probably, who really influ influenced you in your music business. Any individual? Yes. Well, I liked R and B music. That that was what inspired me. I loved. All the music, I used to go to Newark, uh, New Jersey, a place called Ben's Cotton Club. Okay. Uh, David Bergatti from the Rascals and I, we were the only Caucasians in the place.
because we loved that R&B music. And I had the first integrated band, and I'm so proud of this, most proud of everything I've accomplished. The first integrated band that ever had a number one hit record on Billboard magazine. So uh, that's what I'm most proud of. And I had an integrated band starting in the 50s, in 1958. Because you know what? I, I'll paraphrase Martin Luther King for a moment. He said, you know, judge people by the content of their character. Well, I judge people by the content of their talent and musicality. Mm-hmm. And that's how I ended up with the best musicians and singers in the country. And they all came from New Jersey. I didn't like that. Did you ever meet Elvis? Of course I met Elvis. 1969 in Las Vegas. Well, I got I to hug you. My wife and... And and he, they they did a special on Elvis. Dick Clark did one yeah. many years ago, and they played a whole record, Peppermint Twist, along with Peppermint Twist being in American Graffiti. So I, I I've had such a storied career. Wow. I'm not going to tell you anymore because you got to read the books. Well, I, I Elvis was such a yeah. sweetheart, wasn't he? A uh, great guy. Oh man, he was. What a gentleman. He, well, he he's the real deal. And you know what? Uh, and Jerry, you could you could say this too. We could tell the phonies from the real people. Absolutely. I mean, yes. You know what? Because we got the street smarts. We got the street smarts. If you grow up in New York or New yep. Jersey, you got an edge, man. Yep, New York, and I grew up. time you got an edge, you're a winner, man. <laughs> but Joey D, I got to hug you a couple years ago, and so I kind of got to hug Elvis maybe, right? Since I hugged you and you knew Elvis. Right? A little yeah, bit? Yeah, indirectly. Okay, yes, so there can. you go. <laughs> so, Char- oh, that's cool. So you can say that. Okay, I'm going to say it from now on. So, Charles, what else would you like to talk to us well, about? you hug me, too, and, because and, and, Elvis. And you, and you hug the Beatles, and you hug Charles. Yay! I was with Elvis before I was, but you know, what Joey said, we're covering in my book with my author, Will Romano, is that there is a correlation between Italians and R&B music because it goes back to the troubadours that would sing these things in the street. And remember that in The Godfather, when they showed what the, the tear-jerking type music was of the, the Italians, you know, always the, it was soulful. So that's why Philadelphia, New Jersey, New York, Brooklyn especially, always related to the R&B music. And what I found out, in the Carolinas, the beach music, it was the opposite. The white kid, the Caucasian kids, were sitting in the balcony of the black theaters listening to the music because the songs were driven, and they weren't just musical notes they were feeling. And that's what binds us all together. See what Joey's saying? You You're can exactly talk to right. Sinatra. I think an integrated band down south. Right. How the hell do you do that? And I no, you you don't. They had it. They had it. That's why they called it beach music instead of black music because they only heard it at the beach. Oh. What about the Green Book that won the Academy Award? Right. Well, I didn't need a Green Book because I had a couple. Of, I had a couple of brothers in the band. They were my Green Book, so we knew where to go. I could Joey, go. Into, that's amazing you know, that you're saying that. Well, it's Amazing. all in the book, man. It's all in the book. The Green Book, Nick Vallelonga, his father was Tony Lip that played Carmine on The Sopranos. 13 Tony Lip was a bouncer. Yeah, that's right. In the Copa. In the pep- and in the Peppermint. Oh, right, right. Because all the same folks there. You know yeah. what I mean. <laughs> same team. All friends. Same team. But, exactly. but recently, I was just approached by my good friend Vic Nichols that this couple in Los Angeles who have been doing the modern day version of the Green Book want to modernize it to make it tourist attractions and things like that. And they called me and I said, look, when you bring entertainment into it, there is no ethnicity. 
There is no generation. It's history. Everybody relates around the music. It has no color. So we're working on some things there that, that may come uh, to fruition, have a digitalized version of it, and so historic landmarks like the Jackson Hotel and Rooming House in Tampa. As Joey knows, well, if you went down south, the, the African-American entertainers couldn't stay at the same hotel. That's heartbreaking. Yeah, that's heartbreaking. What, you know, I I must have lived in a bubble when I was younger, because why would I know that, well, you know? You know, Joe Namath didn't know it until he went to Alabama, but Sinatra was one of the ones that broke it away. Right. You know, he said, hey, you stay over here, you know. Right. <laughs> Frank had his own way of doing things, but there's so much part of history and, and legacy, and one of the things I have to say, and Joey and I spoke about this, uh, there's some film interest, you need a lot of content. Now, I am going to do whatever I can to see that this book translated since it was screenplay and Joey's life is done. And I just think of the actors, they'd be lining up to play the characters and uh, and real life characters that Joey had in his life. It's crazy. I mean, this would be a movie. Think of the soundtrack. And then Joey was in a couple of movies himself, you know, but Joey, I want you to tell a story. We're hanging out at the Newport. Two stories I want you to tell. What happened when Joe Namath and I walked in before the Super Bowl? (laughs) Well, first of all, who the hell expected him to be there the night before the Super Bowl? <laughs> well, it was a few nights, Joe. It was a few nights. <laughs> yeah, but, but he but he was he was a player, and he was a hell of a nice guy. And Joe was down there. And it, it's funny because I worked in Pittsburgh last week, and he in Montana from Western Pennsylvania. So we talked a lot about on stage and to the acts and the DJs that were on the show about name it and the guys. Joe name it to me. You know, he had that one 15 minutes of fame like I had 15 minutes of fame with the Peppermint Swift, uh, you know, but but it was a hell of a 15 minutes, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, tell what happened when we came into the Newport, what you said to him. I, I said, Joe, are you going to win? <laughs> You're going to cover the spread? <laughs> because I was going to put a couple of bucks down. And he said, Joey, I'm going to beat him. And he sure did, man. Oh, that's really cool. Jerry, I got you got envision this. The Seven Seas Lounge at the Newport in North Miami was across from the Castaways. It was fabulous. I mean, Ike and Tina worked there. Big acts. And I never forget, I was there one night. It was late. And somebody was on stage. And these guys with a British accent was were drunk. And they were saying, dude, John Lee Hooker. But I said, who the hell is that? <laughs> It was Robert Plant. Oh, no, no. I remember that year the Jets won the Super Bowl. Who won, The song that won the Grammy was Little Green Apples, and Joey would do that on stage. And who would know, years later, O.C. Smith and I would be together for decades. How but, cool that was, man. Yo, yo, the greatest. Sinatra loved him, everybody. But Joey, you got to tell on Joe. Joey had a very special featured guest for his live stage show. Joey, you want to tell about Frankie? Come on. We, well, little Frankie uh, was, was from Jersey City, and he was my uh, valet. And um, he, he would uh, get on stage when I did the song Mashed Potatoes and we did it as, as a goof and you know I wasn't making fun of him I loved the guy so we got up on stage and we both did the Mashed Potatoes and we had a contest and sometimes he'd win but most of the times I would win Yay. and it was just what incredible and this guy we stayed at the Janina Hotel downtown and what happens was he started breaking my chops breaking my chops he was saying the same room I was 
And I said, you know what? He gets out of the shower. I throw him into the hall and lock the door. Now, I ring the phone downstairs and say, there's a drunken little guy in the hallway down here. And he's making a lot of noise. The cops came. They arrested him. He's, he's knocking on the door. Boss, let me in. Let me in. He had no clothes on. In the hallway. Oh I said, see, you want to break my ball? Oh, my Frankie, God. Frankie was about what, three feet, Joey? He's about three feet? No, he, he he's uh, what they consider a dwarf, not a midget. Okay. Right. A dwarf. Oh, no, he that poor guy. If stool next to you, he would be taller than I was. I'm not right, right. Tall he anyway. short arms and short legs. Yes, exactly. Uh, he had short extremities. But, but I got to say. He was and oh, we had so much fun together. I got to tell you what happened. Joey finished the gig in Florida, okay? So he had some time off. It was around the holidays or something. So Frankie wanted to stay down to Florida. He loved Florida. He was having a ball. So he got a job <laughs> with a friend of ours, Frank, another right. Frankie, Frankie's Vineyard, okay? So they says, you know, and we were all friends. We did everything for each other. We had friends, Jersey, every place. So what good job could we give him? So he got a job at the valet parking cars, and he would park the cars standing up. So these people would come in with their Cadillacs and Lincolns as where's the valet. So they thought this little guy was just going to take the keys and go to the valet. And that's the, you know, he gets behind the car standing up and parking the oh car. Oh, my gosh. And he used to use a wiffle bat to press on the gas and the brake. Right, and and right. he hit more cars. He put more dents in cars. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> oh my that gosh. story is in the book. You're just not going to believe it. I mean, but it's all real. It's all real. 90% of it I'm very proud of. 10% I'm a little saddened and, and ashamed of. No, no, no. But wait. The book is I got to say something. It's Chronicles. You remember that? Yeah, but wait. I have to say something to you. You don't ever say you're ashamed of 10% because listen to me. I don't care. I'm going to say this to you. Okay? God uses everything we've done in our lives to bring us where we are today, regardless, as long as we changed and and did something great with it. So, okay, got that? Just well, saying. thank you for that. I appreciate yes. that. Well, I, I, was a, I was married and I had a couple of kids and I forgot to go home. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, Listen. Uh, it, was right. a it was a different year. But I got to say, Joey, and, and like he said, we know the phonies and everything like that. Uh, and usually some of the icons, when you get, it's all about the music. Frank Sinatra, you could sit down with Frank Sinatra. This guy, Kings, Queens, one. You sit with Frank Sinatra, he's like a guy from the neighborhood, especially if he bonded with you over music. Elvis the same way. Yeah. But Joey has always been a nice guy. I've never heard anybody say a bad word about Joey. And Morris Levy, I can tell you stories about him. When I got into the business, my family could have helped me with anything. Two sides of the family worked with him, and they said, you can never do a deal with him. Okay, that's the reputation Morris Levy had. So I did it all on my own. They gave you yeah. good advice, well, Charlie. Yeah, they, yeah, and, and yet, yet, you know, he had some good things too because you're still here. Yeah, and that's wasn't the way for Morris. You're right. If it weren't for Morris, he got he discovered me and he discovered uh, uh, Tommy James. So Tommy and, James. Oh, wow. And, and Lou Christie. Come on. Wow. So, you guys. Know, superstars. So, listen, Charles, I don't want you to go anywhere yet. And I don't think Joey does. If you can hang out a little bit more, we're okay with that. But. Before we play your first song, everybody's itching for a song. Um, someone has a question real quick. Did the Rascals ever back you up? The Rascals I got from three different groups. I had uh, 
Gene Cornish on guitar. He was in a group from Rochester, New York. He was going back to Rochester. He left the Peppermint Lounge. I said, stay here. I'll give you a gig. So he was in my house band. I got uh, Eddie Brigatti, who was the younger brother of David. I said, I want you to sing background for me. And I got Felix Cavalieri to play Hammond organ for me. So three of the four young rascals became starlighters before they were rascals. And they liked the sound that they had so much. They went out and got Dino Danelli. Thus, they had the four young rascals. But I put that whole band together. They didn't even know each other. They had never met if it weren't for Joey D and the Starlighters. Wow. So, yes, I did have a lot to do with the Rascals. And, yes, they did back me up. They were they were Starlighters. Beautiful. So, Jerry, the two stories before I go. Yeah. One relates to Steve and Barbie. When we couldn't get Joey or whatever, I hooked him up with Nedra from the Ronettes, who is my dear friend, who lives in Virginia Beach now. And I didn't know that that was Barbie's idol. Out of all the Ronettes, Barbie ain't <laughs> love Nedra. But also, Joey, I'm going to tell you this, a story Eddie Brigatti told me over lunch a few years ago. Didn't you guys have to do construction on the Peppermint Lounge or one of those clubs or one like that? <laughs> and you got them to help with the construction? Well, we, we did a little a little work on the club. I mean, <laughs> right. just a, a, adapt it to the way we wanted it. You know, the right, right, small right. joint the Peppermint Lounge. It helps yeah, I know, people, yeah. but they would put six on your people in there. Right, so it was right, amazing. So. so I had to make the stage larger because it was like a, a closet or a telephone booth. So we made the stage a little bit larger, and then we, we helped uh, make, uh, you know, doing it. I don't do construction, but I'm Italian, right. so I know a couple of things. <laughs> but Eddie, but Eddie it, it was great. Story. Great Eddie, experience, great experience. Listen, Jerry, I want to thank you, Stephen, Barbie, and my dear friend Joey. We're going to stay connected now, Joe. Uh, please go out and get the Peppermint Twist, Twist Chronicles, Chronicles because you're going to find information there. That's just amazing. And like I said, I am a man of my word. I'm going to do what I can. I'm talking to a lot of people regarding my project. I'm going to say, hey, listen, you got a, you got a, a thing, especially now with streaming and soundtracks and things like that. This will be an iconic, iconic movie, uh, miniseries, whatever. And uh, like mine, Joey, you could borrow the title. Names will be changed to protect the guilty. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> oh my God. I love it, Charlie. You've been, you've been the real deal ever since I know Thank you, man. Jerry, for us. Joey, you go knock him out. Take wait, care. Charlie, oh, wait. Let me man. say let me say thank you to you. Don't don't hang up yet. Charles, I want to say thank you to you, first of all, for, for even reaching out about being part of this. I love you. I I I love you when you gave me my interview. We're gonna do another one, twenty twenty two. You're gonna be one of the first on booking. Um, you're incredible, and this was so much fun, and thank you for being part of this. It'd be, it's my pleasure, and you know what? I want to say thanks to the audience, because without you, and I know Joey feels this way, without you, we love to do this. You give us the love that propels us to do it more, Amazing. okay? It's like if we didn't have you, it'd be like delivering gifts to somebody special that we never <laughs> know that they like. <laughs> Well put, Charlie. Well put. I love you guys. I love Take you, care. Charlie. Thank you. Wow. Bye. All right. So. Later. Later. Uh, Charles is going to be listening. Um, we're going to play his, one of his favorite songs, Second, What Kind of Love Is This? But, of course, I want to start with the Peppermint Twist. Okay? Here we go, guys. I mean, this is the song from the godfather of the twist. Listen, Joey D is here with us on the Jerry Petito. Wait. 
by this legend, by this icon. That was the year I was born, baby. Joey D, tell us about this song. Well, this is the story of my career, the, the genesis of my career. I was in the Peppermint Lounge as the house band. We got discovered in Jersey by a New York agent. He hired us to do three days. He liked us so much, we became the house band. So while I'm there, uh, Peppermint Lounge is on West 45th Street between 6th and 7th Avenue, for those of you unaware of that. And um, it was a rainy, dark night, and it's in the Peppermint Lounge is in the heart of the theater district. So we had uh, some very high, high style society people come into the Peppermint Lounge to get out of the rain. It was raining heavily that night, and they were on their way to the parking garages that were uh, in the proximity to the Peppermint Lounge. So they they came in these two people uh, to get out of the rain and have a nightcap. And uh, it was Merle Oberon, and I was—I always loved her. I'm a, a, a movie star buff, the early black and white noir movies. And they came in with she came in with Charlie Knickerbocker from the Daily News, and I'm doing Hank Ballard's version of the twist on stage, and the kids are on the dance floor and they're dancing. So she thought it'd be a, a, a hoot to get on stage and dance with the kids. She did. She got up with the kids from Hell's Kitchen, and she's dancing with them. So Charlie Knickerbocker wrote about it the next day in the paper, and the place became the place to be for everybody who was anybody back in the early 1960s. Peppermint Lounge became so famous. So now I needed a record. So I, I signed with Roulette Records because they said they can release the record in, in two weeks. And I said I knew time was of the essence. So I go backstage uh in the dressing room with Henry Glover, who was the A&R man from Roulette Records, and he and I wrote the Peppermint Twist in two hours. It's just an amazing feat, an accomplishment, but it was just writing about what was occurring at the Peppermint Lounge. 
Now, on the other hand, the book I wrote took me 11 years to write because I wanted to get it right. So uh, we did the Peppermint Twist. In October, we wrote it on a Sunday afternoon. And uh, three months later, or Feb February of 1962, it was number one around the entire world. And Dick Clark gave me a gold record on American Bandstand. It doesn't get better than that. So, okay, I have a question because a lot of people have asked me this as well. So, Chubby Checker, The Twist. Yes. So, tell us, like, I, all right, you know what I'm asking, I guess. Like, tell yes. me, yes, yeah, so talk about, Here's, yeah. Let's talk about how it happened. Yes. I told you I went to uh, this club, Ben's Cotton Club in Newark, and I heard Hank Ballard's version of The Twist on, on the jukebox. So, I took it, became part of my show. And Chubby copied Hank Ballard's version. If you listen, Hank wrote the song, and the Midnighters created the dance, Hank Ballard and the Midnighters. So Dick Clark says, I got a hit record, but I don't think Hank's right for it. But let's get the Chubby Checker. And Dick Clark named Chubby Checker. His real name is Ernest Sevens. Okay. So he went and recorded The Twist, and it became number one in 1960. Here I come almost two years later, and I come up with the Peppermint Twist. So they re-released the Twist again by Chubby. And that's the only time in Billboard history that the same song has become number one twice. Once because of Hank Ballard and once because of what was happening at the Peppermint Lounge in New York City. So he had number one twice. Now, Chubby gets to do halftime show, I forget, when... when uh, the, the Redskin Washington uh, football team, they call it now, won the Super Bowl. So he did the halftime. Guess what he did? He did the Peppermint Twist. Wow. And I'm on the road, and I'm watching the halftime show, and I'm saying, what the hell? Why didn't they hire me to do the halftime? You know, the Peppermint yeah. Twist, I wrote it, but they never gave me that opportunity. So, you know, there's stories in a book about Chubby and me and okay. our you know, get togethers and friends some of the times and not so friendly other times. Well, I met Chubby in the eighties. He did a benefit here in East Windsor in my town. Um, and I had my back to the stage. I was like middle halfway down talking to my friends and a boyfriend, my first date that night with this guy and I had my back to the stage. And all of a sudden my, my friend said, turn around. And I turn around and chubby checkers in my face with his two bodyguards. He kisses my lips, picks me up and puts me on stage with him when we did the twist. But two years ago, I got to reconnect with him and go backstage, and I got a hug and a photo with him. He didn't remember, but I, I reminded him of that. But that was pretty cool. But I, you yeah, know, I well, was. You got to remember thousands of things. Of course. And thousands of people. No, no, of course. But, but I'll never forget that. And now here I am interviewing you. I mean, I needed to hear that from you about the correlation with the two songs. So thank you for that. Everybody was asking me. That's exactly how it happened. Okay, beautiful. So now, <laughs> it was cool. It was very cool. So now I want to play this song. I'm dedicating this song to you and Charles. Here we go. What kind of love is this? Here we go. Oh, how sweet. Oh, I'm dedicating your song to you. <laughs> I, I love this song. You and Charles. Here we go. What kind of love is this? That makes me wanna jump and shout I wanna know What kind of love is this 
that turns my heart inside out It's that itchy twitchy feeling that I have inside Something overwhelming that I just can't hide I wanna know, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh tell me oh, yeah. What kind of love is this, what kind of love is this What kind of love is this that haunts me every day I wanna know What kind of love is this that makes me say the things I say? Well, I'm walking around and grinning with my head in the air. The people think I'm crazy, but I just don't care. I wanna know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, tell me. Oh, yeah. What kind of love is this? What kind of love is this? Well, I feel like a man in outer space. I'm acting like a psycho case Hey girl, stop this feeling Look at me, you got me rocking and a reeling Yeah, what kind of love is this? Ah, that shakes me up so bad I wanna know, what kind of love is this? Yeah, my situation is sad Well, I just can't understand it It just ain't real I know no one has ever felt the way I feel I wanna know Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah Oh tell me oh, yeah. What kind of love is this? 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 Here we go, guys. What an amazing song. So, Joey D, tell us about this song, What Kind of Love. Uh, this happens to be the favorite song that I ever recorded, and I made many, many recordings. I did a motion picture for uh, Columbia Pictures called Two Tickets to Paris. Now, Henry Glover was my A&R man for Roulette, like I told you earlier. He and I wrote the Peppermint Twist. He said, you need a love song for this movie. I said, I don't sing ballads, man. I got great singers in my group. He said, you got to sing this song because it's about you in the, in the movie. So I said, okay. So he gets the great Johnny Nash to write a love song for Joey D and the Starlighters. I can see clearly now. He's the greatest, you know, one of the greatest singers around. He didn't need me to sing his song, but he gave me that song. He wrote it and gave it to me. And uh, I did it in the movie, and it became a big hit for Joey Dean and Starlighters. And it's become a favorite of very, very many people, especially people in the business, like uh, Jay Siegel from the Tokens and, and the Duprees and, and Larry Chance and the Earl. Yeah. They, they love the peppermint, I'm the peppermint twist, but they don't love it as much as What Kind of Love Is This, because that was my favorite, too. You know, and that's how they came about. We did it in the movie, and it became a big hit for Roulette Records and Joey Dean and Starlighters. Well, uh, you know what's funny about that, what you just said about all of them? So I've gotten, I'm friends with all of them. I've gotten to interview most of them, but they're looking at it differently. You guys look at the music differently than the fans. That song is absolutely beautiful. It's one of my favorite as well. But when we think of Joey D, to us, the number one is the Peppermint Twist because we're fans. We're not. Well, I'm a dancer. Yeah, I'm a dancer. Exactly what I told him. You know what I mean? But But that, that that was a fluke. But that song, What Kind of Love Is This, I mean, is incredible. Like, we know that, you know? Thank you, Jerry. I appreciate it. It's the truth. So, now, another one of my most fun songs, Dancing To My Whole Life, okay? I'm going to play Shout. Here we go, guys. Woo! All right, thank you. Thank you very much. 
Why not hear just a little bit of shout? No, you make me wanna come on now. Tell us about it. Okay, I'm going to tell you about it. <laughs> when I was at the Peppermint Lounge, I needed a closing number. Guess what? The Isley Brothers come out with Shout. And I said, what a great number. <laughs> so for the last 60 years, that's my closing number. And I got to do some uh, shows with them, the Brooklyn Fox with Murder K. And the Isley Brothers did Shout. Joey D and the Starlighters did shout, and we we knocked the roof off the building. But I want to tell you my honest opinion. I'm going to be very honest, like I always am. The best version of Shout was done by the Isley Brothers. Yes. They wrote it. It's from a gospel song. Yes. And they, they made it uh, a big hit. They never made top ten. I made number six with my version of it. But they should have had the number one version of it. Otis Day and the Knights made it. Uh so many people did versions of Shout, but the definitive version is the Isley Brothers, and I did it on stage with them, and I was so proud, and I, I knew all of them uh, really well. They're real great guys, and they, they wrote great music, and, and that's the song. If you want to hear Shout, get, get, a, get a copy of their record. Okay. So wait, <laughs> hold on. I have something to say about that, and then I have a question for you, because... I, I was under the impression that that was one of the top number one songs and I didn't know it had to do with like, you know, church. 
Yeah, it was a gospel song. I didn't know that. They got it. Sure. That is so cool. Well, you're going to read about my book. I, you know, I grew up in, on Columbia Avenue, State, New Jersey. Next door to my house, because we had an integrated neighborhood, was a, a Baptist church. And all they, they played saxophone, piano, and drums. And I listened to that music every Sunday morning. All day they played it. And I had the window open, even in the wintertime. I love that music, and that's how I got hooked on R&B. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I'm a Christian. I love that music. I never knew. I'm going to tell the world this now. I'm cracking up laughing, thinking how we used to dance to that, and it was about gospel. <laughs> that's exactly what it was. And I said, man, why can't the Catholics have music? Yes. <laughs> I was an altar boy, but that's I wasn't funny. a saint. That's so <laughs> funny, man. I grew up Catholic, but, but I kind of left the church because I had to just be with Jesus. That's it. But this music, listen... That was, you just told me something really cool. Thank you so much for that. All right. We have someone in the chat room, TL, and he just told me it's Tom Locke. He wrote his book, Moments in Time, and he said he talked to you. So cool, man. Yep. So he, yeah, so he might be saying some stuff in his book, I'm assuming, about Joey D. Type, Tom. Let me know, baby. Are you are you putting something in there? Because you know what, Tom, you might want to revise your book now and say Jerry Petito interviewed him. (laughs) All right. So now let's play Baby, You're Driving Me Crazy. Here we go. So come on, man. Baby, you're driving me crazy. Tell us. 
I want to tell you, uh, that's one of the songs I wrote. And here's something very amazing. Half the songs that I wrote for the movie with Henry Glover has uh, Glover, D, and Levy on it. Morris Levy. Okay. Not Morris Levy, but his three-year-old son. What was he, Mozart? <laughs> this kid was right, getting royalties off of songs that Henry and I wrote. That's crazy. Three years old. I mean, this, this guy knew any which way... That you could make a dollar, he'd make it. Oh and my he gosh! And he was—he's in the book, and uh, he wasn't. You know, he, he gave me a little bit of money, but not—not not what we should have. Tommy, Tommy James, especially millions and millions of dollars. He wrote all those hits. Very cool. And he's a good friend of mine, Tommy and I. Very cool. But uh, the the song was really good. Maybe you drive me crazy. And it, I sang a couple of songs that, with the Ronettes, and they sang background for me. And then uh, I sang uh, background for uh, Dave Brigatti when he did The Face of an Angel. I sang background with the Shirelles that I went to high school with in Passaic, New Jersey. And they did such a great thing in Passaic. They named the street after me and the street after the uh, Shirelles. And they named the high school auditorium after the Shirelles and the middle school after Joey D and the Starlight. I mean, how the hell does it get better than that? Oh my if gosh. you're going to leave a legacy to your kids and your grandkids, that that's what I left for them, okay? Oh I left them something gosh. something to be proud of. So, you know, so Tom Locke just said, backstory, Jerry. Norman Knight, who I did interview, put, me to, he put him together with Joey to help promote the book. That's really cool. Shout out to Norman really Knight. That's cool. Yeah. I got his autograph book on my shelf. Me Rock too. On, where he tells about all the stars yep. and, and who was in the groups. If he didn't do that history, and if I didn't do my history and Charles doesn't do his history, there won't be any history. You're right. No, you're right about that. These books are not just music books. They're about, they're about history and what was going on in the world. Yes. And you know, my traveling down south with an integrated man. Are you nuts? Well, I have all the books, so I am super psyched. Guys, buy these books, okay? The Jersey Jewel is telling you to. Hey, listen, Joey D, what do you got to say to Tom Locke? You got something to say on my behalf? Well, I can say that he, he's got all the connections in the world, and he better fill your calendar up with big, famous people because you deserve them. <gasps> and Joey you know, D You are sa- keeping the music alive. And Joey so D he, says he, so. And he will. He'll do it. <laughs> He's that kind of guy. He's a real deal. Because Joey D says so, baby. So listen, <laughs> give us a little something-something. Come on. Is he going to do something for you? No, you. I want you to what give us... I, I, just give me a little something. Sing a little something. Acapella, baby. Come on. Oh, yeah. Well, every, every song we did, I came from the street corners, you know. Yeah. Uh, acapella. Uh, please be my girlfriend. I've been waiting for a long, long time For the moment you could call me mine Oh, little girl, say yes, I tell you Yes, yes, why don't you be my girlfriend? That was by the Cadillacs. But, I mean, we did all that kind of stuff. That's how I started singing on the street corner in Passaic, New Jersey. So, guys. And Rogers Freeman. We had an integrated group back then. Dave McLean on guitar. Vinny Correo was my guitar player. He ended up being Ella Fitzgerald conductor. I mean, don't tell me about people in show business. I know them all. This is, listen, you guys heard it here on the Jerry Petito Show Remember Them Radio. Baby, did you hear that? Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm on cloud nine. So now let's play 
what you referenced, face of an angel. Here we go, guys. Tell us about it, baby. Are you there, sweetheart? Doo-wop doesn't get better than that, Jerry. Wow. Doo-wop, David Brigatti and Roger Freeman. I had the best band in New Jersey, and I told you Pesci quit his band and joined our band to be in it. And I had the two best singers from the best doo-wop groups in Jersey. I knew what I was doing. <laughs> I love how you talk. I know you knew what you were doing, baby. <laughs> well, look, look at look at the people I had in my group. I knew oh what God. I was looking for. I love Only this. the best. This is so cool. Oh my gosh! All right, so now let's play another angel song. One of my faves, Earth Angel, baby. Here we go. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh 
something about this song, don't you? I want to tell you something that you can't fool me, because I'm a doo-wop guy. That's not the Penguins, and that's not Joey D. Right. That's somebody else who did a version of, of uh, Earth Angel, but it's not, uh, not neither of us. It's not the original. Get the original one if you want to really hear yep. and, and the Penguins. That's yeah, the and they have the Starlight His Name attached to them. Isn't that crazy? A lot of groups have done this stuff. Well, and here we go. Here's another song I didn't get paid for. Okay, there we go. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, uh, so listen, so sing Earth Angel, one line. Come on, baby, give it to us. Well, uh, I don't really uh, do that, but I'll I'll do that part. All know? right. Earth Angel, Earth Angel, one I adore, love me forever and evermore. I told you I'm a background singer. Okay, it's beautiful. I'm not Johnny Myers. I don't care, That's baby. I don't care. Bodies, you know, they're cool. <laughs> so. But, uh. I, I love doo-wop. I love doo-wop. So I hope the rest of the songs we have in queue are truly Joey D and the Starlighters. This one is Cry a Little Sometime. Oh, yeah. That, okay. That's me. Here we go, baby. Cry a little sometime. Cry a little sometime. Everybody has to cry a little any If you're ever 
feeling blue Cry a little sometime, baby. Tell us Don't about cry. it. <laughs> Don't cry. Well, it was written for me by the great Otis Blackwell, who wrote so many hits for Elvis Presley, uh, number ones, you know, Return to Send and stuff like that. He and Charlie Singleton, they wrote uh, those songs for me, Cry a Little Sometime. I love that song. It never made a hit for me, but it was a, a, a fun song. And uh, that's how it came about, Otis Blackwell. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. So now let's play The Girl I Walked to School. Here we go. Okay, that's the flip side of my, my first recording. Beautiful. And then we'll talk about it.
tell us about it. The girl I walked to school. That's the fir- first flip side I did. At I wrote that at the Irvington House. It used to be on the Garden State Parkway. And uh, I wrote that, and the, the flip side of it, I fell in love with a girl named Lorraine from Elizabeth, New Jersey. And so that was the first song. That was a ballad, Rain, very pretty song. And Rogers Freeman sang it. I didn't sing lead. And the flip side was a girl I walked to school. It was a, it was a cool song. Very cool. And that's so, how that came about. That was my first single. So a shout-out to Marie Cucinata. Um Talk about a hard life. I love you, Marie. And, and she's typing, God is so good. We love you, Marie. She wanted to know your favorite album. And uh, you said doing the twist, but there's a story behind that, right? Yeah, there's a backstory, yes. I uh, My first hit album for Roulette Records was doing the twist at the Peppermint Lounge. And that had Shout in it, Yah Yah, Mashed Potatoes, and Peppermint Twist. So... It gets on the charts, and it gets to number one, and it keeps hitting number one. It's only number two. It won't get to number one for some reason. Guess what the reason was? Elvis. Blue Hawaii by Elvis. (laughs) It kept me out of number one for the entire year, 1962. Oh, my gosh. I I guess two isn't so bad if you're you're number two to Elvis. Listen, I'm sorry for you. I I am. I really am sorry for you, but it was Elvis. (laughs) That's right. You gotta you, give him a pass. On you, that you gotta sure. give him a pass, baby. And listen, number two That's to Elvis. Right. Who who else can say that? Okay, come on. That's pretty cool. That's very cool. That's how you gotta look at that. Heck yeah, baby. I, I was number two to Elvis. <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna be two to anybody, be Elvis or the Beatles. Yes. Yes. That. Yes. All right. Now you reference Lorraine. Let's play it, baby. Here we go.
beautiful song. Tell us about Lorraine. <laughs> that was the great Rogers Freeman singing that. He's gone now, but what a singer he was. And that song was written about uh, unrequited love, a girl I, I met at the Irvington House on the parkway. Every every Saturday we, we did a concert there, and I met this girl, Lorraine, from Elizabeth, New Jersey, and she... She plucked my arms, heartstrings, and that's when I wrote the song Lorraine for her. Wow. <gasps> yeah, that's what's so great about music, isn't it? It's amazing. Without music, love would be, uh, love and life would be so boring and dull. You're right. Music, listen, you know, um, has saved many people's lives the last couple of years. So I, I want to give a shout out to all musicians, to all singers, because all entertainers, with everyone being on lockdown and all the virtuals they were able to see in everyone's lives and listening to your songs on radio, I want to thank you all for that. So you're right, Joey D, you're right. Without all these great singers, you would never heard of Joey Dean and and the great musicians I had in my group. It was just amazing journey I've been going through, and I thank each one of them. They were, there were some great ones, Hall of Famers, some not so great, but they helped make the Joey Dean and Starlight of Sound. Thank you. Beautiful. So now let's play Irresistible You. Here we go. Your magic hand. Your loving eyes. Kissable lips. Make my heart realize I'm in love, I'm in love, and I know it's true. Cause who couldn't fall for irresistible you? I don't know what you got, I don't know what you got. Yeah, but it's got me, and baby, I'm hooked. Like a fish in the sea, you make it a call from above. You can make the devil fall in love. Darren, I was a big Bobby Darren, still am. 
Somewhere Beyond the Sea, Mac the Knife, all those great songs. But he did Irresistible You, and I did it in my show. And uh, we were primarily a dance band when we started out at Oliveri's in Lodi, New Jersey. And uh, we we kept the people rocking and rolling. And then when we got to the Peppermint Lounge, that's why we got hired as the house band, because we made people dance. When people dance, they get a little thirsty. When they get a little thirsty, they buy drinks. When they buy drinks, the club makes money. <laughs> and that's how it works. So we were a, basically a, a cover band. So that was one of the songs I was doing. And then Shout, after you do Shout, you need a couple of drinks. And I got that from the Isley Brothers, and I got uh, the twist and my version of it. Uh, wrote with Henry Glover, but the original one came from the great Hank Ballard and the Midnighters. So I, I've been so so blessed with all these great songs and the great musicians I've had in my group and the great singers. And we, we were the best. And I'll tell you how we were the best. When the main acts would come to the Irvington House or the Stanley Theater in Jersey City, Connie Francis, we back, they would call Joey Dianastalis to back up all these name acts. Yeah. So I backed up Connie Francis uh. at the Stanley Theater with Who's Sorry Now. Okay? <gasps> is that incredible? Yes, and it is. I'm at the Irvington House. They hired all the big big names. Clint Miller, who was a DJ on WNJR, he would hire Frankie Avalon. He would hire my dear friend Bobby Rydell. And he would hire Fabian. And all the acts that came through, Bob Gordio and the Royal Teams, who wears shorts? Shorts, yeah. <laughs> I met him before he was with the Four Seasons. And I love the Four Seasons. Frankie Valley, Tommy DeVito, who helped put the group together with the guitar player, Nicky Machoch on the bass, Bob Gordio on the keyboards. They were all stars. They were superstars. And they're still out there. Frankie, I still see him. Every time I go to see him, he comes to Clearwater, Florida, where I live. He, he takes at least five minutes to tell what great friends we are and how uh, I used to follow him when they were the four lovers. I mean, my, my heart skips a beat every time he does that. Uh, he never forgot where he came from. He's a Jersey boy all his life. Joe Pesci, still see Pesci every once in a while. And uh, he's, you know, great, great people come from Jersey, from Sinatra to Connie Francis to the Four Seasons to, you know, the, the boss, Springsteen and, and uh, Bon Jovi. We got a pretty good uh, array of uh, superstars that came from this little state, huh? Amazing. And the Shirelles, all of all the Hall of Famers. And oh. I'm so happy to call Jersey my home. And I, if I had to choose where I would be born, it would have been New Jersey, believe me. My mom and dad met in New Jersey and had 10 kids. Oh, so beautiful. Bobby Rydell, I interviewed him. That was a beautiful interview as well. You know, one you, of my best friends. Yeah, you guys friends. are just amazing. And, you know, it's funny because I interview a lot of, you know, legends from back in the day, but I also interview a lot of new and up and coming beautiful young stars, singers. I'm happy to hear that. And I got to share something with you. Do you know that even some 17 and 8 year olds love oldies and have said that on my shows? Jack Nicora, you know what? Stevie D's in the chat room. I want to give, and Jimmy, Jimmy Wiener's in the chat room, okay, Double J. I got to give this kid a shout out because I want to share something with you, Joey D. Jack Nakora, he is a teenager, okay, I think he's 19, if I'm not mistaken, and he is going to be one of the, the biggest doo-wop sensations right now. 
And That's think about so that. Think about that. Somebody got to keep the baton. I mean, it's amazing. You know, I, have, I have kids and grandkids, and they're all into. They know all the oldies, and they're still into the music. Well, they listened to my music growing up, and they listened to all my friends' music growing up. So they love the music. You know why? Because it's great music. It's great That's music. The only reason? No, it's great it's music. Great music. So you know, I'm going to give Chicona Records a shout out because Stevie D is is part of uh you know street corner entertainment he owns it and that's they're backing this kid jack nicore joey you gotta check him out okay i just did an interview and you know my my granddaughter is six and i'm gonna share something funny of course i brainwashed her but my grandson who's 20 her brother his name is christian so i will say to my granddaughter who are the cutest boys ever and she'll go christian and elvis and I'll say, who's the best singer? Elvis. <laughs> Good for her. Good. Right? That's cool. You know, you got, I listen, agree. it's I amazing, agree. man. We got to keep this music going. This is the music. So people like you keeping the music alive, oh, Jerry. come Thank on. Thank you for that. I told you I was born too late. I laugh and say, because I, I was born in 61. I should have been born oral, earlier. I would have been wearing long hair, a black leather jacket, Blue suede shoes and a poodle skirt, baby. That would have there been me. <laughs> it's like Charlie Waller, keeping the music alive. Oh, I man. love it. And Cousin Brucey. Uh, and, you know, Tommy yes. James. He's on series. He's playing nothing but the oldies. And that's what I like to hear. Amazing. I still listen to Wait, do you I know, listen to classical music and doo-wop. Do you actually. know what's sad? Do you know what's sad? Growing up, I only listened to Elvis and Oldies, right? And it was 98.1. That was the radio station. So a few years ago, because now I just listen to Sirius and, and what I, you know, a few years ago I said, let me put that on and see what their Oldies are. I almost cried. Their Oldies are the 1990s. That is not Oldies, okay? Well, well so, not for us. It's not for me. It's not anyway. Oh, my goodness. So, all right. I want to hear the moon glows and the harp tones. That's right, baby. And the rascals. And That's the right, baby. <laughs> and Elvis. And uh, don't forget Elvis, man. Forget it. Listen, music is a must for you to keep your joy, especially if it's Elvis, baby, because Elvis is my boy. All right. Had to say That's that. <laughs> Tell everybody to get the book. That's right. Peppermint Twist Chronicles. There's so many great stories in here about Hendrix, what goes on behind the scenes, and the parties we had. You can only imagine. I lived it. And uh, you talk talk about Pesci and the Rascals putting them together and discovering the Ronettes. It's crazy. And all in the Hall of Fame. It's just amazing stories. It's crazy. And they're all in there, and they're all the real deal, the real stories. It's crazy. And the history of what was going on back then. And the mob guys I was associated <laughs> with. Let's play Roulette. Right? Is that what it's called? Keep your mind on what you're doing Or you'll lead off, love to ruin Keep your mind on what you're doing Now when we're kissing, don't be fooling Keep your mind on what you're saying Cause your words have Got me swaying Keep your mind on What you're saying When you hold me Don't be playing Now let me know If you're going to treat My love any good at all Cause we're not gonna be Slapping my heart 
a back and forth like a ping pong ball. Keep your mind on what you're doing, or you will lead our love to ruin. If you love me, don't be fooling. Keep your mind on what you're doing. Now let me know if you're going to treat my love any good at all. We're not gonna be slapping my heart up back and forward like a ping pong ball. Keep your mind on what you're doing, or you will lead our love to ruin. If you love me, don't be fooling. Keep your mind on what you're doing. Baby, keep your mind on what you're doing. Tell us. Well, there's another song written by um, Otis Blackwell and Charlie Singleton that wrote all those hits for Elvis. And I recorded this song in German, and it became a big hit in Germany for me. <laughs> Immer wieder, Merktig Fragen, so wie damals, Merktig Sagen. They taught me phonetically. That I is so cool. I was there. <laughs> so I did the song in German, so for your... People that understand a little bit of German, they know exactly what I was singing. Keep your mind on what you're doing. I said it in German. Listen. And it was a big hit for me. And Yaya was number one there because they thought it was Yes, Yes when I did Sitting in La La with for my Yaya. <laughs> number one in Radio Luxembourg in, in Europe. You just made my day again, baby, singing that in German, okay? That was really How cool. cool. Was that? Oh, my God, that is so cool. I love the language, and I love the people. So, guys, we have plenty of time. I'm going to have him talk a lot more. Um, I'm not going to play the last song. We're going to close out, though, because I think this was a cool way to close out. I've got a version of, yeah, the Peppermint Twist Part 2, and it's just the music and all. So that's how we'll close out. But we have plenty of time. Joey D. And I'll tell you a little story about that, too. Well, tell us that now. You can. About part two. Are you yes. talking yet? Yes. Go ahead. Okay. Morris Levy was such a hell of a businessman. Here's what he did. I did Shout. Part one and part two. I said, why don't you put a flip side on it? He said, because it's cheaper. I make more money this way. He did Peppermint Twist. Part one, part two. He did Mashed Potatoes. Part one, part two. You think he didn't know what the hell he was doing? Wait. So he had two songs for the price of one. So wait, wait, wait. Had, Tell me that again. Wait. Made, talk a little slow with that because I'm not in the in the industry. Explain that to me again. Well, back in the old days, we made 45 records. Like yes. Peppermint Twist, Mashed Potatoes, Shout. Okay. And I made them all. What kind of love is this? All the songs were on 45s with the exception of What Kind of Love Is This. All the other songs, Peppermint Twist and Shout and Mashed Potatoes, Morris made us do part one and elongate the song, keep it going, so he could have another two minutes for the flip side. So he didn't have to pay recording time gotcha. or pay more musician time to do part two. So that's how he made more money off gotcha. of Joey Dean and Starlighters. So, so that's how that worked. So and wait, so you're you saying it was... Argue with him. So it, it was, was the flip were, side. Part two. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. 
Well, cool for him, not cool for me. I didn't oh. get any money for it. Oh, no, that wasn't cool. Boo. Didn't get paid for that. Oh, boo. No, not cool. Okay. No, it was not cool. Gotcha. Was cool for him, and uh, he made a lot of money with it, but not good for us. Or the musicians that were on the session. All right, so now but let's... That's how they did things. So now... If there's anything you forgot to talk about, now's the time. I want you to promote your book again. Tell them how to get it. Tell anything you want. We still have plenty of time. JoeyD.com. You'll find out everything about uh, the history and how you can get the book. You got to get the book. It's great. Hanukkah coming up. Christmas coming up. Thanksgiving. I wish all you people happy holidays and uh, get the book. You won't be sorry. It's a great read, some wonderful stories uh, on how I uh, was a rock and roll star back in the early 1960s and how I had an integrated band and we traveled through the South with it. And uh, it wasn't too too pleasant or pleasing. It was, it was a tough time. So uh, get the book. You won't be sorry. Go to joeyd.com, click on it, or go to Amazon, Peppermint Twist Chronicles, get the book. It's uh, paperback only. Peppermint Twist Chronicles by Joey D, and it's all the real stories and all. Uh, having Sammy Dav- Sammy Davis sang background for Joey D, he did the Bob Shoebox while I went to uh, a show that he invited me to. And he had the band learn Peppermint Twist. He invited me to a party. I was living in the Bronx at the time, and they were celebrating uh, I Spy by Robert Culp and Bill Cosby, okay? So he invites me, he says, you're in the Bronx, come down to, to Harlem, we're doing a, a show. So I went there and I said, he said, can you sing Peppermint Twist? I said, of course I can, I wrote it. He said, but remember this, somebody's got to know how to play it. So he said, I taught the band to do the Peppermint Twist, so they know how to do the song. So I'm singing the Peppermint Twist, and Sammy Davis Jr. is singing Baba Shuba, the greatest entertainer in show business. So how do you think I felt about that? That's in the book, too. I, I can't tell you any more stories. You won't believe them anyway. Oh my gosh. But the, all of these things really happened to this little kid from a blue-collar family with two, two parents fresh off the boat from Italy, my mother from Sicily, my father from Abruzzo, and, and I'm so proud of them. And, and their names are in Ellis Island, just like your parents are. And it, I'm just... So proud of that. Amen. And their proudest time was when they became citizens of this great country of ours. They cried when they got their citizenship papers. And yes. I was so proud of them. And yes. that's it. That's all I got for you. Jerry. Absolutely beautiful. Um, I want to just say something because of what you just said, how they cried. My, my dad's whole family came here. Uh, my uncle, Carmine, he's still alive. Um, he's about 77 now. He was a Marine. And I'll never forget him and my dad talking, and this is what they said. We may have been born in Italy, but America is our country. Exactly. And I'll never forget and, that. And what, what about my cousin? My, my father's brother was Albert. My father was Joseph. He had a son, John DiNicola, same last name as me. He won uh, two, two Purple Hearts at the Battle of the Bulge, okay? Is a kid, 18 years old, fighting for his country because this was his country. Right. And he won, and he won two medals, two Purple Hearts, and two other medals, two for for bravery. And he just, I'm so proud of him. 
and and all my uncles, my mother's brothers, she had four brothers. All my brothers, my uncles were in the U.S. Navy in World War II, and they in the battles. I'm not talking about behind a desk right. somewhere. They were on ships fighting fighting the Japs in the, in the Pacific. Beautiful. So I'm proud of my old family. Beautiful. And that's that's the history of Joey Dean and and how much we love this country. But I want to share family. one more thing about you. Let's talk about you're in the East Coast Music Hall of Fame um, for that song, right? And also Lifetime Achievement Award. That's incredible. I mean, I am in the... And that's my most precious gift. Uh, Tommy uh, Patillo from the Dupree's put that group that group together yeah and uh, i thank him every day he he made me on the first batch of hall of famers with connie francis with bobby rydell frankie uh avalon all in that first crew of uh rock and rollers from from back in the day and he made made us famous rock and roll hall of fame east coast hall of fame thank you tommy uh, and absolutely. Billy Greco as well. They they put this thing together. We're not in the Hall of Fame in Cleveland, and you know what? I'd rather be the one in, in Jersey. And that's the there you I'm go. In. That's right, because you're the Jersey boy, baby, and the Lifetime Achievement Award. Come on, amazing. And we're in the Wildwood Hall of Fame. My stars on the street in Wildwood. I still, when I go to Wildwood, I still go. Look, it's still there, and I'm so proud of that. That's where I started. Yeah. Wildwood, Seaside Heights. Uh, Amazing. You know, this is where I got my roots. This is where I started playing. Amazing. It wasn't just the, the boss Springsteen in Asbury Park. I started in Seaside Heights, playing at the Para Club and the Chatterbox and those clubs. Mm-hmm. And that's how the band became a band. That's how we became so good at what we were doing. Amazing. Well, Joey D, it's about that's that time. It. That's all I got for that's you. That's all you got, baby. It's about that time. So I want to, first of all, give my shout outs and thank yous. I want to thank everyone who joined the chat room everyone listening all over the world i want to thank everyone who has shared my uh show and guys once i download this it will be shared please share it everywhere i want to thank of course Duop angel and stevie rtr remember them radio they listened to the whole show and said they love you okay and thanks for hooking me back up Charles Wallace. He's, uh, he's a special guy and we got history from the 60s man amazing. we go way back Way, I way was back. so happy. He's always been a friend, and he's going to get all of those people you want for your show. There you he go. He can. There you go, he Charles. You Did you hear Joey you. D? He said you better do you it, better baby. Do it for you. <laughs> I love you. You're one of us, Sherry. Oh, my gosh. Listen, I'm really on. You're giving me a big head, baby. So, Charles Wallet, I want to thank you. Of course, I love you, God, man. God bless you, baby. Thank okay. you, sweetheart. I'm going to close the okay. show. Joey D, listen. I thank you you. from the bottom of my heart, okay? And you made my day. I'm going to close the show with the peppermint.
Ramamon, Ramamon, Ramamon. 